The Federal Reserve will continue to back the economy. Big changes over at Netflix. Is CrowdStrike a buy and Bank of America misses earnings expectations? This is the Running With The Money podcast. Let's get into it. Welcome back to another episode of the Running With The Money podcast with, of course, myself, Luke Donay. But let's get into it. What did, what did the markets do today? Well, they were mixed. More of that choppy action that we have been seeing in recent weeks, pretty much all besides Fang. The Dow Jones moving up 44 points. NASDAQ down 32. S&P 500 up 5. Meanwhile, the rest 2K down 36. And the VIX closing out the day down 4.61%. So what was the biggest headline of the day? Well, this morning, the market got some jitters. Um, the Federal Reserve Chairman, Jerome Powell, we all know him pretty well after the inflation fears over the past few months. Uh, he prepared remarks, and he actually stated them later in the day um, to the House Financial Services Committee, and he pretty much said that the Fed is not even close to actually tightening at all. He said there is notable progress to be made. In fact, unquote, he said in his remarks, he said substantial further progress is needed in order for the Fed to tighten and actually start tightening, um, raising those rates and lowering those asset purchases. Um, now, he also noted on quote, when it came to inflation, he said, uh, inflation has increased notably and will likely remain elevated in the months to come before moderating. So he's still on that transitory train. He still believes inflation is transitory, which is great. And the Fed seems to be right in so far, um, proving people like you and me, at least me, um, that the long-term inflation fear was maybe a bit overdone. Um, and I'll admit uh, that I was wrong in some aspects of inflation. I said, yeah, I think inflation's going to run hot, and it's looking like I could very well be wrong. And I hope I'm wrong on this inflation uh, on this inflation call. Now, there are some aspects of inflation currently um, that aren't really, uh, I would say, short-term. For instance, wage inflation, but we'll see what happens. Uh, we've talked about inflation enough in the last few weeks. Now, he also said um, that the Fed is a ways off from tightening, um, and he'd like to see more stable prices and full and more full employment. And then he went on to say that the pace of those asset purchases is being talked about on the reduction front. So they're talking about reducing those asset purchases, the $120 billion in assets that they're purchasing darn near every month. Um, instead, they could be moderating. They could be lowering those asset purchases in the future, but not anytime soon. And that's really what gave the market jitters. Um, now, he did note when it comes to the policy front, he said, quote, along with our strong guidance on interest rates and our balance sheets, we'll ensure that monetary policy will continue to deliver powerful support to the economy up until the recovery is complete. So in essence, the Fed is keeping the stance that they have been keeping no matter how fly or how hot inflation runs, and they're going to continue to back the economy through asset purchases and keeping rates near zero. Great stuff. Now, shifting into Netflix, we have to talk about Netflix after the major change they made today. So Netflix, they're bringing on a new member of the executive team. They hired the one and the only Mike Verdu from Facebook. Now, at Facebook, he was the vice president of the augmented reality and virtual reality content segment. Um, and really, Netflix here, with this hire, making an even stronger push into the gaming area, which they said a few years ago they were going to start pushing into. Now, 
Who in the world is Mike Verdu? Well, he's coming from Facebook, as we just noted, leading that augmented reality segment, which is huge in the gaming world. But also, he worked at EA. He also worked at Kabam. And prior to those two companies, um, he also worked at Zynga, Atari, even in the 1990s. So this guy has a ton of experience when it comes to the video game space, the digital gaming space. I think this is a great hire here by Netflix. Um, Now, Netflix in the past has announced several gaming initiatives that are supposed to release quite soon, actually. Um, They did announce not too long ago the Stranger Things-themed game, mobile game that they're going to come out with and the Choose Your Own Adventure content also that they are going to be releasing. But Netflix continues to note that they're going to make a big push into gaming. And with this hire, it's definitely a big push on the executive team. I think Netflix, with this Mike Verdu, um, who has plenty of experience and success in the space, Possibly, you could see some big-time changes over there at Netflix that could propel the stock even higher. It'll be interesting to see what Mike Verdu does over there at Netflix. Solid change um, in the executive team. Now, shifting into the biggest analyst calls of the day, we have to talk about Fang because at the end of the day, my, oh, my, this is absolutely bonkers. Pretty much um, the majority of the Fang stocks today catching upgrades, which is crazy, and the Fang upgrades continue to come in. So, leading off the day, Apple received a double upgrade. They got an upgrade from Citi, and they got an upgrade from JP Morgan. Now, what did both of those have in common? Well, they said, we like, both banks actually noted that they really like Apple into earnings, in that they're they're revising their guidance on earnings as well. They think that the estimates for earnings are too low. In fact, Citi said, quote, we are raising our estimates on Apple given checks that continue to suggest strong end-to-end market demand for Apple and PCs, smartphones, and wearables um, coupled with low sequential growth in services. So that sequential growth in services is what I really like about Apple. I think services is the next step up. If Apple can continue to grow that services area, which I believe they will, for instance, through Apple uh, TV Plus, and then you also have Apple TV on top of that, and you also have Apple Music um, and all of these services that really work well in their ecosystem. I think that is the real growth driver over the next, say, decade for Apple. But definitely, um, City here making a call that the estimates are too low going into earnings. And JP Morgan pretty much said the same thing. They talked about iPhone 12 volumes and sales increasing and expectations for the iPhone 13, which is going to come out in the coming months. Um, and they also noted upside growth in China, which is a key geography for Apple um, in that future growth. So Apple double upgrade today. I like it. And I continue to think Apple is a buy. The stock making all-time highs. If you take a look today, Apple rounded out the day in the after hours all the way up to 149.51. And I believe at one point today, they actually crossed over, oh, just edged off of 150 bucks a share. So big time stuff over there at Apple. Now, when it comes to the semiconductor uh, space, we're going to take a break from Fang real quick. JP Morgan named Broadcom and Marvell top picks. Um, and really, this call was based on semiconductor demand outpacing that supply. Um, and when you don't have enough supply and you have heavily increased demand and increasing demand, growing demand at a rapid pace, this essentially gives companies like Broadcom and Marvell semiconductor companies pricing power in order in it allows them to up price or increase the price um, markup their products and charge even more. 
Now, um, this was all calculating using not only uh, backlog and solid order visibility, but also uh, JP Morgan is seeing quarter over quarter declines in customer channel inventories, which is great stuff for these companies because it gives them a lot of pricing power. And therefore, going into 2022, the semiconductors are probably going to do quite well. I like this call on Broadcom in Marvell by JP Morgan. Now, shifting into a few more calls on Fang. Um, so Cohen reinstated or reiterated um, Amazon as a top outperformer or as outperform. And they basically noted that we accept uh, we expect growth to continue throughout the year. We think that the expectations going in the earnings are too low and that we think Amazon is going to buy. That's really what Cohen said. Um, in fact, I quote, they said we remain 22 percent above consensus, 21 app income estimates versus starting the year at 34 percent above consensus. We expect consensus estimates to continue to rise throughout the year, which could drive Amazon shares higher. And all these quotes are pulled from CNBC. Um, if you subscribe to their pro service, you can get some of the biggest analyst calls along with quotes from their calls. Um, just shouting out CNBC there because it's an excellent resource. Now, Cohen also raised their price target on Alphabet, upgrading the name um, to 2900 from 2700 And pretty much there, they also cited a search strength and growth in key segments that are being underestimated. So, so far, what am I seeing? What's the trend here in FANG? Estimates are too low, and Fang is once again, as they always do, defeating the ads. And pretty much all the Fang stocks besides Facebook today moving higher. Love to see it. Now, Gunningham reiterated RH as a best idea. Now, we've talked about uh, RH here, RH brands here on the show multiple times, and the company is excellent. The balance sheet not too bad. Their digital expansion has been managed to perfection, in my opinion. It is done really great. Um, and their stuff is priced at a much higher level. Their margins are rock solid. I really like RH. Definitely a solid company to check out. I like this best idea. And they also noted um, on quote, when combined with the benefits of RH's high return on investment operating model and the fact that RH is operating with elevated financial flexibility, we reiterate our $800 price target and best idea designation on RH. I like the call by Gunningham. Now, before we shift out of the biggest analyst calls, we have to talk about one that was made today. And trust me, it was not an upgrade. It was a downgrade by Wedbush on Peloton. This made headline news. Now, taking a look at Peloton stock, what in the world did it do on this call? Well, initially, it did not like it, and it finished out the day definitely not liking it, down 5.42%. Now, a reminder, uh, Peloton is way off those highs that we saw just not too long ago, all the way up over one, darn near 170. Holy smokes. Um, anyway, we've talked about Peloton several times throughout um, the podcast in the past few months. And what we have said is that, you know, Peloton is a solid company, but what will their growth do? Are they going to still be growing at those massive rates that we saw throughout the pandemic that got the stock all hyped up all the way up to those highs of darn near 170 bucks a share at which the valuation of the stock was, I mean, darn near way over, I mean, darn near, I believe it was over 200 times um, price to earnings ratio there. So crazy valuation on a workout equipment company, a fitness equipment company. I mean, come on with a subscription aspect to it. Um, now, uh, Wedbush said, unquote, Peloton is now embarking on the next leg, uh, leg of its growth story, one that in a post-pandemic era will require 
the company to generate its own momentum through savvy marketing and compelling new products as the consumers will not only have the full complement of in-person workout options again available to them, but also an unprecedented and ever-growing list of digital at-home choices. So, they cited competition here, those uh, ever-growing list of digital at-home choices when it comes to the workout area, and of course, these gyms, these public gyms. People can go back and start working out and going to the Planet Fitness that they go to or going to whatever gym they go to. Um, They can start doing that again, and part of that is the social aspect, is people want to be social when they're working out, Um, at least a lot of people, Um, and therefore, they go to a gym and they work out with a friend or work out with people they know, Um, and therefore, Peloton is not only going to see a reopening struggle here, but they're also going to see um, a lot of digital challengers. You know, there's a lot of challengers out there. You see NordaTrack with pretty much the same thing as Peloton when it comes to the bike um, and the tablet on the bike. I mean, it's pretty much the same thing. Um, you're seeing a lot of competition come after Peloton. And with the reopening on top of that, you could see a significant growth slowdown here in Wedbush pretty much coming out and saying that downgrading the sack from neutral to out uh, from outperform. Definitely a big call there. Now, Bank of America. We have to talk about one of the largest banks in the United States, one of the largest banks in the world, um, because at the end of the day is bank earnings season. And what are the banks telling us? Well, they're telling us the consumer is pretty strong, but they're also telling us that interest rates are just too low for the banks to do excellently in some key segments. So earnings, well, they're pretty much mixed, but they missed revenue expectations. So when it came to EPS, they delivered an EPS of a dollar three, which was quite a bit better than the seventy-seven uh, cent estimate. Um, so solid stuff there. But on the revenues front, revenues total for Bank of America in the quarter twenty-one point six billion dollars. That's under the twenty-one point eight billion dollars. Now, what did management say? Well, management directly cited um, those interest rates. Um, in fact, the CEO cited. In the earnings call, in the earnings release, that it was, uh, it was actually not the CEO, the CFO, uh, Paul Donofrio, he said, uh, quote, continued challenge of low interest rates that was in the line, um, and that was really hitting the bank. In fact, the bank's net margin, um, this is Bank of America we're still talking about, uh, of 1.61% was actually quite a bit darn lower than the previous years, a year earlier when it was 1.67%. That's a 26 basis point decline there in net interest margin um, for Bank of America, and therefore it affected those revenues. So really, Bank of America overall doing doing well when it came to earnings, but they missed on revenues mostly because of that net interest margin and lower interest rates. And as we all know, the lower interest rates aren't the best for the big banks, especially banks like Bank of America. Now, shifting out of Bank of America, let's talk about CrowdStrike to round out the show, an individual company, an excellent company. Today, this stock, at least over the past few weeks, has been on fire Today, you might have gotten an opportunity to, in fact, it's down 2.65% today. Um, it declined nearly seven points. So what is going on with CrowdStrike? Well, if you don't know what CrowdStrike is, CrowdStrike CRWD is a leading cybersecurity company that offers a cloud-native and multi-tenant solution for endpoint defense and more. Now, the company's digital security platform is called Falcon and is offered to customers through a bevy of software as a service, SaaS for short, levels including Falcon Pro, Enterprise, Premium, and Complete. Those are all packages um, offered to customers as a software, as a service. Love to see it. Now, furthermore, CrowdStrike offers 19 modules via their Falcon platform. The modules focus on a multitude of digital security areas, including endpoint solutions, threat hunting, threat intelligence, cloud security, and workload management. 
Shifting into the management team, CrowdStrike is led by CEO, president, and co-founder George Kurtz. Now, Kurtz more than has more than 28 years of experience within the security industry until prior positions at McAfee and is also known for his company that he actually founded prior to CrowdStrike known as Foundstone. Uh, Foundstone. Now, Foundstone was eventually acquired by McPhee. Um, now, the company's management team also maintains leaders with prior experience from the likes of the FBI, yes, the FBI, Kratos Defense and Security, OpenDNS, Microsoft, and CyberArk Software. So, the management team, quite Solid. I mean, you have a CEO, president, and co-founder that has a crap ton of experience in the industry. And then on top of that, you have a management team that has plenty of cybersecurity experience. Now, in recent news, CrowdStrike acquired Humio, a leading, quote, high-performance cloud log management and observability technology provider. CrowdStrike acquired the company for $400 million in a combined cash stock deal, and the company completed the deal in March. Now, what's Humio going to do for CrowdStrike? Well, leadership noted that the Humio acquisition will accelerate the company's XDR capabilities and create a new industry standard for XDR technology. In fact, they said in the press release when it came to this acquisition, quote, Humio will enhance CrowdStrike's ability to solve real-world customer problems with its cloud-native platform by adding index-free data ingestion and analytics capabilities for both first and third party data, CEO Kurtz said. Now, CrowdStrike's customer base is also solid. If you dig into the numbers, um, CrowdStrike actually delivered some of the best numbers out there that they've delivered so far, record numbers. Um, their customers include Goldman Sachs, Zebra, Credit Suisse, Sony, Haya, and ADP, just to name a few of the mega customers CrowdStrike maintains. But really digging into those Q1 numbers, they ended the quarter with 11,420 subscription customers alone. Now, the company's customer base continues to expand rapidly as well. In fact, throughout Q1, CrowdStrike's subscription customer count increased by 82% year over year, meaning that the company added... 1,524 net new subscribe uh, subscription customers in Q1 alone. Just Q1. Now, if we dig further into the numbers, CrowdStrike beat Q1 2022 expectations with an EPS of 10 cents. That's much better than the analyst consensus estimate of 6 cents. Now, on a year-over-year basis, that's a 400% in EPS improvement. I love to see it. Now, when we shift in the revenues, on the revenues front, CrowdStrike reported $302.8 million in revenues for Q1, representing a significant 70% year-over-year improvement in total revenue. Now, for reference, the Q1 2021 total revenues level was $178.1 million. Now, sifting through revenues, the company reported $1.19 billion in annual recurring revenues, ARR, as of April 30th, meaning CrowdStrike added $143.8 million in annual recurring revenues throughout Q1. Overall, annual recurring revenues improved by 74% year over year. Now, rounding out revenues, CrowdStrike reported $21.615 million in professional services revenue, representing a strong improvement over the segment's Q1 2021 level of $15.856 million. Shifting in the income, CrowdStrike reported a loss from operations in Q1 of $31.3 million, representing a larger loss than the Q1 2020 loss from operations of $22.6 million. So unfortunately, that loss from operations increasing. Um, on the flip side, non-GAAP income from operations 
improved to $29.8 million from $1.2 million. Solid stuff there. Now, Crestrack also reported a net loss in Q1 of $85 million, significantly larger than the Q1 2021 net loss of $19.2 million. Now, why did the net loss increase? Well, I'll tell you, because of a $48.8 million tax cost-related acquisition cost when it comes to the Humeo uh, acquisition. Now, margins, on the other hand, improved with subscription gross margin landing at 77% in non-GAAP subscription gross margin, improving from 78% to 79%. Now, before we round out earnings, we have to talk about profits and cash flows. Profits accelerated in Q1 as well, with Q1 2021 gross profit totaling $224.338 million. For reference, the Q1 2021 gross profits level was $131.183 million. So darn near a double there in, actually more than a double there, darn near a double there in um, gross profits. Now, finally, cash flows improved significantly uh, throughout the quarter. CrowdStrike generating $147.5 million from operations, a much higher cash generation level than the previous year's $98.6 million. Now, when it comes to free cash flow, the cash flow number that everyone seems to care about, um, that landed at a record level as well, totaling $117.3 million versus the Q1 2021 free cash flow level of $87 million. So cash flows improving, gross profit improving, margins improving, revenues improving, EPS growing, annual recurring revenues growing. I mean, my, oh my, it's darn near amazing and a solid acquisition. So take out, there's two negatives there, the net loss and the loss from operations. But as the company grows and scales significantly quickly, um, you're going to see those losses eventually diminish. Now, leadership was excited about the quarter's results, and they should be. They said, quote, CrowdStrike kicked off the f- new fiscal year with strong momentum and delivered outstanding first quarter results that exceeded our expectations, the CEO said. Now, management, they went on to increase full year 2022 guidance, now expecting revenues to land within a range $1.347 billion to $1.3657 billion. Now, as for the upcoming quarter, leadership is expecting Q2 revenues to land within a range of $318.3 million to $324.4 million, and for non-GAP net income to land within a range of $26.3 million to $30.7 million. Now, investigating the balance sheet, the numbers are rock solid with a total debt of $738 million a total liabilities level of $2.032 billion, a total assets level of $2.881 billion, and plenty of cash in hand, sitting with a cash to short-term investments level of $1.68 billion. Now, don't get me wrong. CrowdStrike is a great company, solid balance sheet, solid earnings, solid management team, growing customer base. I mean, the positives go on and on, but the valuation is outrageously high with a forward price to earnings of just over 370 times, a price to sales around 58 times, and a price to book just around 70 times. I mean, my, oh my, this is one expensive company. In management, they could be more effective with a return on equity of negative 19.79% and a return on assets of negative 7.10%. In the return on invested capital of negative 10.94%, management has some work to do, and the valuation is a bit steep. Now, given the numbers to analysts, they are bullish. With a mean price target of $267 per share, a high price target of $302 per share, and a low price target of $220 per share. 
Now, shifting into the big money, what's the big money doing with CrowdStrike? Well, CrowdStrike is owned, or 67.87% of CrowdStrike is owned by institutions. Top orders include the Vanguard Group, Tiger Global Management, and T. Rowe Price Associates. Now, if you want a technical breakdown of this amazing company, CrowdStrike, go to runningwiththemoney.com and you will get the full breakdown 100% completely free for you. All this information, a breakdown of earnings and the fund- and some of the fundamentals behind the company. You will get this completely free as well as a technical breakdown of the stock at runningwiththemoney.com under the analysis tab. Now, looking to the futures investors, we're looking to the future, not the futures. Investors fear CrowdStrike is overvalued in that growth will slow down. Meanwhile, the bulls believe market demand will only increase given the recent cyber attacks and that CrowdStrike will maintain its steady growth for years to come. In short, CrowdStrike, ticker symbol CRWD, for those of you who are going to do a lot more research, is a solid company that boasts expanding revenues, strong customer growth, improving margins, a reliable management team, balanced finances, and a growing market to accelerate within. This was another episode of the Running With The Money podcast. Thank you for listening, and we will be back on Friday with another episode to talk the biggest headlines of the day, an individual company, and of course, much more. Until then, Thank you for listening, and I will see you then. Eat some profit trade out, and remember, do the research before buying. Love you all.